The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Glory to you, Lord. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Let's, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, who was raised from the dead, who reigns now at the right hand of the Father, send us your Spirit to teach us to be still and to know that you are God. Guide us by... Uh, your presence and by your word given to us this day. In all things, bless us and keep us to the coming of your kingdom where you promise we will be with you in paradise. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was actually a pretty good segue. So in this season of, of Thanksgiving, right, we take the time to uh, name the things that we're thankful for, uh, for the blessings we've received from God, and in turn, give thanks for them in our prayer, in our gathering with friends and family, and in all of the things that we do between now and New Year's to mark this, this season of giving. Even though the next month will be saturated with ads for cheap deals, tempting, tempting, tempting gifts, it's still a time where we try to focus on giving thanks. Thanks for food, thanks for gifts, thanks for health, thanks for family, thanks for the resurrection promise of Jesus. And thanks for a new year. And we mark this time by giving of ourselves to the ones whom we love. It truly is a season, a season of giving.
And you know, I think that this reading from Luke gives us a unique opportunity to ponder that. Giving of ourselves for the sake of the one whom we love. Jesus himself said on multiple occasions that there is no greater love than to give your life for one's friends. He tells a rich young ruler that to inherit eternal life he must sell all that he has, deny himself, take up his cross, and come to follow Jesus. He tells his disciples to give their entire lives for the sake of God's kingdom. And here, Jesus gives his own life that we might know and begin to experience the depths of God's love for us. And I think think that that's the difference between these two thieves. One seeks to take And the other seeks to give. The first thief attempts to use Jesus' identity as the Messiah for his own selfish gain. Hoping to steal another chance at life. Save yourself. And save us. To this, Jesus has no response. His entire ministry has been one marked... By proclaiming that that God's favor is not given for our personal gain, our comfort, or our security. That those who wish to follow him must give of themselves without question. And that they do so for the transformation and the healing of the world. The second thief, though, he offers Jesus a gift of thanks which Jesus only experienced a few times throughout his earthly ministry. The normal gifts that our king received when he displayed to the world the depths of God's love were mockery, conspiracy, shame, some sour wine, and jeers of disgust as he was paraded to his execution. These were not gifts fit for our king. Definitely not gifts of thanksgiving. But he received them anyway. And as he hung on a cross, dying an innocent death, he received the thanks and praise of a faithful disciple who glimpsed through the gates of heaven in his eyes as he looked over at Jesus and offered his entire being over to the mercy of God. We receive what we deserve for our deeds, but this one has done nothing. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's this gift, this gift of thankful worship that we can all offer. Knowing that Jesus gives us something much more remarkable in return. Truly, I tell you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Paradise is ours today. We don't have to wait to offer ourselves to our king. In in, in the power of his resurrection, we are with him in paradise today because paradise isn't a place of luxury. It's not a place at all. It's a relationship of love and mercy with God and God's people.
wherever we might find ourselves. It's a relationship that makes it very clear to us that if we want to experience the fullness of God's kingdom, God's God's reign in this world, we can never selfishly consider our own needs over the needs of our neighbor. The thing about Jesus is when, when death is at its closest, with all the power and authority of God at his disposal, he chooses not to focus on himself or his own needs. Instead, he gives. He gives comfort to a dying thief, never once even mentioning that Jesus is there dying with him. And it's for this that we can give thanks. As the sky falls and the ground crumbles at our feet, as he hangs there dying, what kind of a man would do that? Maybe a better question is, what kind of people would worship that man as their king? What kind of fools would those people have to be? I believe that those are people who believe that that's the way to live life. A life that seeks to give and offer the goodness of God's kingdom, no matter what happens to them, their bodies... Or their property. As the sky falls, as the ground crumbles beneath our feet, are we in this place and in this world, are we that kind of church? That's the question this thief forces upon us as people who have heard the promise. Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus' kingdom does not claim me first. Jesus' kingdom proclaims God above all things. And Jesus' kingdom doesn't wait for tomorrow. Jesus' kingdom claims our lives today. We have a king that asks us to deny ourselves and take up our own cross to follow him. We have a king who, who leads by example and shows us what it means to live and to serve We have a king worth living for, a calling worth dying for, and a kingdom that God says is worth rising for. But it means we have to be willing to die and be raised with him. Would that we could be like this second thief and not focus on our own death the crumbling ground, or the fear of our own mortality. Would that in the face of of death we might fix our eyes on the promise of God's kingdom that's right in front of us. Realizing that his life is almost over, this thief resolves to offer a word of praise to the innocent one, the king of the Jews, in the plea that his offering would be remembered in the eternal kingdom yet to come. Did this, did this thief hear Jesus as he was teaching in Galilee? Was he part of the large crowds that followed Jesus in the countryside or, or in the temple at Jerusalem that week? 
Did this thief hear the words where your treasure is, there your heart will be also? Did he hear the parables that warned against his greed only to realize in, in the last moments of his life that he hadn't followed those words? As he hung there and died a thief's death. He must have heard something to trust that Jesus' kingdom was yet to come. This thief whose life was weighed against the things he stole is remembered in the shared story of God's faithful people forgiving his life, his memory, over to the mercy of the crucified God. And so his confession confronts us to ask ourselves, have we heard these things? And do we cling to them? Or are we nailed to the cross of our own Self-interest and self-preservation. What kind of king do we worship and what kind of kingdom do we seek? And how do we faithfully, truly give thanks with more than just empty words of shallow gratitude? Trusting that God has given us his all in raising Jesus from the dead. That's what this thief does for us. As we celebrate uh, the end of our, our church year, this Christ the King Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus' reign over sin and death and all of creation, and we look to the new year that's taking shape as this Christmas season rapidly approaches. Um, our, our mission support ministry team here at the church, uh, that's tasked with cultivating a, a culture of, of generosity and, and faithful stewardship, has been working for a while on a plan to celebrate the ways that we might prayerfully focus on the gifts that we bring to God in service to the mission and ministry of the gospel and joyfully give thanks for God's abundance in our lives. Um, I think a few of you may have picked them up in the back. And you may have seen something like them, these little pink sheets here. Um, some places they're called commitment cards and other places various other things. But in the weeks leading up to Christmas, uh, our mission support ministry team and I invite you to take these and together as, as a family, pray over the gifts which God has blessed you with in your life, and pray over how you might use those gifts to give glory to Jesus Asking him through these gifts to remember us when he comes into his kingdom. You're asked and invited to pray over your time together in prayer, in devotion, in service, and in giving. And to offer these gifts in return to God by bringing them forward and laying them in a manger we'll have here, waiting for the coming of the Christ child. That we might together... Celebrate the kingdom of God. Come to us in the infant Jesus. Laying our gifts in his bed. Now a few important things about uh, this dedication and gift giving process. Uh, the point is that you pray over your gifts. That you give thanks for them prayerfully. And pray how, how God is using you to offer them up in service to God and neighbor through the mission and ministry of the church. 
what this thing is not is a resource for us to calculate projected income. That's not the point. The point isn't to hold anyone's commitment over their head. God doesn't work that way, and neither does the church. And so when you bring your commitment, your thank offering, your gifts are between you and God. God only asks that you offer them prayerfully, joyfully, and with thanksgiving for whatever they may be. So that's all we're asking, too. No one will see them. No one will look at them. At the end of our Advent season, we'll gather these gifts. We'll lift them up to the care to the care of God and to the service of God's church. We'll wrap them up in a nice pretty box like a Christmas gift. And we'll keep it here in our worship space throughout the year. As a reminder of the many gifts that God has always given us. As a reminder that, that when we gather in fellowship and service and in worship. We bring all that we have and all that we are to lay at the feet of our King Jesus. It is a season of thanksgiving. And we have so many things to be thankful for. So carry out the work that God has called and equipped us to do. Pray for one another and for this world. This world that God loves so. Continue to comfort one another in grief or in sickness or in death. Console one another by offering the peace and the mercy of Christ to our neighbors. Give thanks to God by offering gifts from all that we are. Celebrate. Celebrate the joy of the Holy Spirit moving through your life. And trust in the promise that this and every day. We reign with Christ in paradise. Amen.